the the roles have completely reversed here where Georgia's the team that's won 29 consecutive games. Georgia's the team that, you know, has lost one time since COVID. It, it's a it's a it's a ridiculous and a and a fast reversal of fortunes. Welcome to the Speakeasy Sports Show. Time to pull up a seat, pour a glass, and talk some ball. Here's your hosts, Daniel and John. Welcome to another episode of the Speakeasy Sports Show, College Sports and High Spirits. I am Daniel. He is John. John, it is championship weekend this weekend. How does that make you feel? It makes me feel... um, it's bittersweet. I'm not mm. gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie to people. Listen, don't don't do it. I'm not gonna lie to people. This is the most exciting part of the college football season. For sure. It also is the signal that we only have a few of these left. Only have a few of these weekends left. Um, but I am I'm so yes, pour one out uh, for a fantastic 2023 college football season that is not over. We got a, no. amazing matchups this weekend. Yep. Um, I'm so pumped to see them, and uh, man, it just goes by so quickly. Uh, but we're here, and and listen, for the first time, it feels like at least for the first time um, in quite a while that these conference championship games that all of them have real implications, right? Like you, that's right for the college football playoff. We've that's right. We've had a few years where there's been one or two that maybe somebody will sneak in, but not these. All five of them, no feel very very consequential for the college football playoffs so yeah so um we're gonna get into we're gonna get into all five power five championship games tonight um on the show before we do that first of all thank you to everybody who has already signed up for the email list when we did the giveaways um if you have not yet done that um uh, there's a link in the description to this show how you can sign up for the email list and you might want to go ahead and do that because on friday the first annual Speakeasy Sports Holiday Gift Guide comes mm. out. A lot of great recommendations. Mm. A lot of things that you might might want to catch. Some of our favorite pours. We tried to include bottles that you could. We didn't put like a bunch like Pappy and all this <laughs> stuff. Like it's like we know those are good bottles. All right. Like we tried to. There's put no. Stuff, there's no. There's no Pappy Twenty Three Year in the gift. Yeah. Card. We tried to put stuff you could actually find in your local. Uh. You know. Uh, your local retailer and yeah. so um one of the bottles on the list i'm drinking tonight and it's that uh lagavulin 16 year so it's one of my favorites if you're special occasion whiskey that is it's not allocated you can find it easily but um it's a nice bottle break it out on a special occasion like championship saturday so um so sign up for the email list that'll get emailed out on friday um, excited for you guys to see that we got a bunch of great stuff that we're going to try to get to you guys throughout the year. Um, and, um, and then we'll be back just scheduling update. We'll be back next week, probably, probably earlier in the week than normal mm-hmm. talking mm-hmm. about the final rankings, the final college football playoff rankings and, um, what all we can expect headed into bowl season. And then it's bowl season. We got college basketballs in full swing. I we mean, got so let's much. Go to discuss um, here on the show. So if you haven't already subscribed and you're watching this and you've made it now three minutes into the show, go ahead and subscribe. That would be the best thing that you could do to help a couple guys out, and we would appreciate it greatly. John, 
No more, no more of the banter. Mm-mm. Let's get into let's get into the, the meat of the episode. I'm gonna ask John to rank the five Power Five uh, championship games in in order of watchability. Mm. And I'm gonna and we're gonna count them down. We're gonna start with five and we're gonna go to one. Obviously, you're gonna watch all five of these games, viewer. 100%. We understand that, but. Let's say maybe you're a little distracted during one. Let's say you got some other things going on. It's maybe on a side TV. Uh, we're going to rank them in order of must-watch, but we're going to start down at the bottom at number five. So in order, and so, John, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you, what is the least watchable of all five of the Power Five Conference Championship games this weekend? Gosh, I mean <clears> – <throat> My gut tells me that it has to be Florida State Louisville. You go with your gut, and that's you go it. With I'm your a, gut. I've got to go with my gut. Listen, yeah. Florida State, um, uh, Florida State Roadmaker. I had to. It, I, I blanked for a second on who the <laughs> yeah. quarterback is. Even it Roadmaker is. or Roadmaker? Roadmaker. Roadmaker. I kind of like that better. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter. He's it QB one. He is QB1 and has yeah. a QBR of 43 in the two <laughs> games that he has played. He had a 47% completion percentage uh, against Florida. Um, it was poor. Gosh, it was poor. And Louisville got run out of the building by a Kentucky team who is not good. Um, run out of the building. I know I've been trying Louisville to tell fans. y'all, Louisville is really bad. Like, really John, bad. They're really bad. Yeah, and so what's what what I hate about this game is that it does have such a major consequence for Florida State. You know, a thirteen, twelve and zero, you you have the opportunity to go undefeated, win the ACC championship, but man, it is going to be a hot garbage of a game to watch. It's not going to be a great game to watch, and um, I, and I'll just be I'll just give my take on the game. I think Florida State is going to roll in this game. I know the backup quarterback, it feels like it's a trendy pick to hate Florida state right now. You know, just to be mm-hmm. like, Oh, Florida state backup quarterback. Everybody's already sort of projecting. They're going to get blown out in the college football playoff. If they make mm-hmm. it that far, everyone's trying to lobby for why they shouldn't make the college football playoff. It's just trendy to hate Florida state right now. Mm-hmm. And, and I think people are forgetting just how bad Louisville is. John Louisville might be the worst football team playing this weekend. Mm-hmm. And on Friday night, New Mexico State plays against Liberty. But Louisville might be the worst football team playing this weekend, John. Yeah. They're that bad. Uh, Jack Plummer at quarterback is worse than Rodemaker. It, it's a, it is a garbage. The defense has been adequate at best. Mm-hmm. I, I think this will be a fairly low-scoring game. But Florida State's defense is going to absolutely crush and destroy Plummer and any attempt at Jeff Brom's Louisville offense. And so I like Florida State to actually win big in this game. Um, but I don't hate that it's your fifth most your, – your, your number one least watchable of the Power 5 games. I assume I know where you're going with your number four. But I'll let you go just in case you want to zag instead of zig. I think it's Texas and, and Oklahoma State. Oh, that is not it. That's I thought you it. were gonna go Michigan, Iowa. No, okay. listen, I, okay. I'm about to. So listen, so we we are diverging. Okay, we are. But I, I'm gonna I'll tell go you your road. I said, and you I'm gonna charge. tell you no, and I'm gonna tell you why, and I'm gonna tell you why, and then we'll talk about Michigan and Iowa. We can talk about that when we get there. But yeah, I'll yeah, tell you. let's talk about Ohio. Let's talk about Big Twelve yeah. right now. Oklahoma State, yeah. Texas. 
Yeah. Oklahoma State, Texas. Listen, there's a lot of intrigue to this game. Mike yeah. Gundy beat beat Oklahoma. Um, there's an opportunity for Mike Gundy um, to beat Texas and Oklahoma in their last season of the Big Twelve. And win the Big and Twelve. Win and the ride. Big Twelve. Oh my goodness! This team got Oklahoma State got shellacked <laughs> by UCF. You were talking about back to back weeks of to Gus forget. Malzahn. Gus Malzahn beat the absolute breaks off Oklahoma State. Yep. Oklahoma State lost. Don't forget, they lost to a South Alabama team. Not close. A a directional school from the state of Alabama. Not yeah. Auburn or Alabama. Not South even UAB. Alabama. No. <laughs> no. And it wasn't close. Um, and then they should have been beaten by BYU. About 20 times they should About have been beaten. Yes. They were down t- yeah. over 20 yeah. at halftime. Yeah. I saw BYU had a 98.9 win expectancy at halftime in that game. Correct. It was it was an ugly game, and somehow yeah. in double overtime, Oklahoma State wins. Exactly. So I love, I love Oklahoma State. I, I love, um, I love what they've been able to accomplish. You get here through some of these like wacky wins and this little streak sure. that they went on. But Texas, man, I just think Texas is. I think the Texas defense, especially that defensive front, is super legit. Oklahoma State is not going to be able to run the ball. Um, I think Texas. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian has been waiting for a game like this his whole career. Yeah with an opportunity to potentially make a college football playoff. Um, and I just don't think the game is going to be very watchable. I think it's, I think it, Texas is going to, is going to blow out Oklahoma state. That's why I'm saying the watchability mm. is because I just think Texas is just going to overpower and overwhelm Oklahoma state. See, it's do. interesting though, yeah. because I'm actually flipping these games. You, I think are, they're both expected to be, we kind of expect both of them to be blowouts, right? Like, we expect both these games to be blowouts. Maybe I'll let you talk. Yeah. There's a 24-and-a-half-point spread in the Iowa-Michigan <laughs> game. And so there's a lot of people that build really tall buildings that think that game is going to be a blowout. Yes. But the intrigue for me in the Big 12 is that Texas needs to win by about 40 to 50 points in this game. And Sark knows that. Of all the teams playing on Saturday – Nobody needs style points more than Texas. They are the most likely winner of a game mm-hmm. to get left out of the college football playoff. Correct. All four of the other winners. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, if Louisville wins, if Iowa wins, I'm not talking about that. But mm-hmm. in all likelihood, all mm-hmm. four of the other winners are going to make the playoff. And Texas is going to be the winner that gets mm-hmm. left out. And Sark knows that. And so the intrigue for me is, can he run it up can he do when yeah. Gundy's going to be doing everything he can to try to keep it close? It seems like, though, you are ready to come out here and just make a stand with Kurt Ferentz and the Iowa Hawkeyes, John, in the Big Ten have, Championship game. Have, have you seen that Iowa defense? I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it. Okay. Listen, Iowa, Iowa has played – one exactly one team uh similar to Michigan and that was Penn State and they got beat 31 to nothing. I get it. That's Vegas is Ve- Vegas more than is 24. Dro- yeah, Vegas has dropped a 24 point spread and Vegas has dropped an over under of 35 and a half which is maybe the first time that an Iowa game has had a total over 30 in 10 weeks. And Iowa's um, team total is still under a touchdown. It's still it under is. it's still it six is. and a half. It, yeah, you're basically. I think Vegas. Uh, I think you know they're they're looking for 
a uh, a, t- a 29 to 8 Michigan win where Iowa yeah. gets two field goals and a safety. Yeah. But here's what I will say. Jim Harbaugh's oh. back on the sideline for the first time for Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um I do Iowa for whatever reason has just been able to find the craziest scenarios yep. to actually win football games. And so for me, the watchability and the intrigue, right, comes into play. I don't think Michigan's offense is that good. Yep. I don't. I don't I, I just Is I, that because I, you've watched Michigan play? That's because this I've watched year? Michigan play offense. Yes. Interesting. Um and so uh and I think Iowa's defense is is legit. I don't think Iowa Iowa may not be able to score a point. Um but what I but what it's I gonna do be think, tough to win. It's gonna be tough to win. But <laughs> what I do think is from a watchability standpoint, um it's more of Sicko's committee watchability for me, and it is. But it is, I think Iowa has an opportunity to make this game weird long enough for it to be an interesting football game. Versus where I think Texas, I think Steve Sarkeesian is going to come out and blow out Mike Gundy, and so that's my that's why I have those in those in that order. I would love to hear your take, though. I've talked a lot about these games. I would love to hear your take on Michigan and Iowa. I, I'm I, actually I on. A, I'm actually on Iowa plus the twenty four. I like it. I like Iowa plus the twenty four a lot. T- twenty three to nothing. I, <laughs> I don't. I I like it. I mean, I legitimately think that this mm-hmm. game could be thirteen to three mm-hmm. at the end of it. Like, yeah. and yeah. twenty four points is just way too many points to it against a team that doesn't allow opposing teams to score twenty four points. Mm-hmm. Period. Period. Um, I think the the probability of an Iowa defensive score in this game, and I'm going to put a caveat on this. I'm going to say a defensive score would be a pick six, a safety, or a fumble recovery in field goal range in which Iowa doesn't need to gain any yards in order to kick a field goal. So if they Mm -hmm. get a turnover on Michigan's side of the field, now that wouldn't technically be a defensive score, but the defense would have – accounted for those points I think the likelihood of an Iowa defensive score in this game is over 90 percent I think the likelihood of multiple defensive scores from Iowa is probably 50 50 in this game I think the likelihood that Iowa's defense outscores Iowa's offense in this game is 100 percent if you count turnovers in you know, in the opponent's territory that lead to field goals as a defensive score, I think it's Mm -hmm. 100%. Iowa's offense is not going to see the end zone in this game, but that doesn't mean that Iowa's not going to cover this number. I I like this game to get weird. There could be a situation where Iowa has the ball late, down by six, 95 yards away from the end zone. And everyone knows they're not going to drive the length of the field and score in two minutes to beat Michigan, but you're going to have to watch just in mm-hmm. case they do. And so I, we could both be totally wrong, and Michigan could just come out here, and Jim Harbaugh could be angry, and he and like they could just boat race Iowa. They could be, but I'm on Iowa too. I like it, and mm-hmm. um, and so that leaves that leaves us with two games, John, mm-hmm. and so. I'm curious. I think the people are curious. How are you going to rank these two games? Pac-12 championship on Friday night and SEC championship on Saturday afternoon. What do you have at number two? My number two um, is going to be the SEC championship game. Mm. 
You let a lot I, of people down just then. I let a lot of people down. Um, it just means down. not quite as much as the Pac-12 is what we <laughs> learned. Uh, my number two is going to be the SEC championship game, and that may be because um, – Maybe because of, of my my bias toward a particular team in that game. Because um, you're going to be literally sick to your stomach the entire I game. Will, I will not literally be able to be, hold down solid yes, foods. I will literally be uh, sick to my stomach. Um, the SEC championship game is the marquee championship game in all of college football. Mm-hmm. Um, this game has so many implications on it. Um, I think you know what it doesn't have is it doesn't have. Um, that rematch stigma that Washington and Oregon mm-hmm. is going to have that kind of like, can Washington climb the hill and do it, do it twice. Yeah. Um, so for me, that's why I think the SEC championship game. Number one is number is, is the second in my rankings yeah. of the championship yep. games. Um, uh, this, this weekend, I also think that Georgia is going to win by double digits, Ooh. which is another reason why I think the watchability is, is going to be lower. I think um, I don't think Alabama – people are talking about – I keep hearing all of these things about how Alabama uh, is playing some of the best football in the country. They're one of the top four teams, one of the best teams. They just needed a Hail Mary to beat Auburn. That's and I right. get that it's the Iron Bowl, and I get that this Auburn voodoo, and I get all of this. Mm-hmm. That Auburn team lost by 21 to New Mexico State in that same stadium the week before. Yep. And so when I see how, how Alabama has played, when I see that they had negative net yards per play versus LSU, um, and that's through the entire game, even after Jaden Daniels going out of the game with 13 minutes left in the game, where they gave up more yards than they actually um, than they actually uh, gained on, on offense at, at a yards per play perspective. I'm just not sure. Um, I'm just not sure that this game is going to be close. And so for me, yeah, that's why I put it number two. Yeah, I mean, there's so many subplots in this game. There's so many narratives and storylines in this game. I think my favorite one is the reversal of of position of mm-hmm. that these two teams have found themselves mm-hmm. in. For so many years, we've been used to Georgia being the team that's, oh, if they can pull off the upset, will they sneak in? Is their resume good enough? They had that loss early in the year, but can the committee forgive that and overlook that? And But, but in their way is this juggernaut, undefeated behemoth that is that we're so used to seeing as Alabama. And now the, the roles have completely reversed here where Georgia's the team that's won 29 consecutive games. Georgia's the team that you know has lost one time since COVID. It's a it's a it's a ridiculous and a and a fast reversal of fortunes for these two programs and it's not like Alabama has fallen to the dregs of college football. They've right. fallen to right. where Georgia lived for 20 years. Yeah. Right? under Mark Richt and, and, you know, and all of that, you know, from the early 2000s forward until Kirby took over. And so now to like the, the, the thing that interests me the most is obviously Georgia got that win in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. but this feels like the game that cements moving forward. These two teams position in relation to each other, right? Like, if and when Georgia wins this game, 
there will be, even from an Alabama fan, who who will remind Georgia that Kirby Smart is now 2-4 and four against Nick Saban, even from an Alabama fan, there will be no... There will be no disputing who is the superior program at this moment. And in a lot of Alabama fans' mind, even after back-to-back national championships, even after what happened in Indianapolis and Alabama not making the college football playoff last year and Georgia winning it all for a second second straight year, I think in a lot of Alabama fans' mind, they are still the standard. They're still the program. They are still the measuring stick in college football. And so... It, it's going to be fascinating. You think Georgia's going to win by double digits. I do not think Georgia's going to win by double digits, but I am I am laying the five and a half. Mm-hmm. I think it I think there's going to be some sweating involved, but I think it'll be a I think it'll be a seven to ten point win um, for the dogs. But that brings us to Friday night. And what I think I agree with you is it's the game of the year in college football. Like it is. There's no higher entertainment value. There's no higher stakes. Mm-hmm. This is a very clear win, and you are in, and no one will ever argue and lose, and you are out, and no one will have any disagreement about that either. Um, it is the only championship game in which both of those teams know for certain that that is the outcome after the game is over 100%. and so there's no higher stakes there's there's no more entertaining matchup and these two fan bases hate each other with a with a fiery passion and so this, to see them get to play again two of the two of the front runners for the heisman trophy get to duel it out one more time um it, it's it's a really exciting matchup on friday night it's a great way to start championship weekend I love that it's on Friday night. Me too. I love I love that it um in the final season of the Pac twelve. Yep. You get a Friday night championship game with these stakes, you know, uh, of a conference that has that has been very mediocre uh for many years. Um and has not you know, it's been it's been quite a while since the Pac twelve has been in any of the college football conversation. For it to be the final season of, of that conference for all intents and purposes and uh, for us to get it on a Friday night, the old Man. Pac-12 after dark. I wish yeah. it was a little bit later. That would be that would be yeah. awesome if it was rolling at 1030 yeah. Eastern um, and literally have the Pac-12 championship. I can championship. hear my dad cussing at you for wishing that that were happening. <laughs> ah, like he just, that's the, like, yeah. No, that's that's that, that's just the World Series. They only put those yeah. games. Uh, that's correct. Every other, every other sport has more common sense than, to, than to do that. Uh, but no, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited, honestly, Daniel, uh, Dan Lanning. Um, man, this is such a statement game for mm-hmm. Dan Lanning, who Oregon should have won the game. Yep. Hindsight's 2020, but you know, and, and Dan Lanning stood by his calls. But you know, you you take back um, one of those fourth down attempts, and Oregon may win that game um, uh, earlier this year, and and it might be a different story. But I'm just I'm so intrigued. Um, to see to see how this one goes. Yeah, there's nobody better there's nobody playing better football right now than Bo Nix. There is no hotter team than Oregon, you mm-hmm. could argue, since that defeat in Seattle. Um but nine and a half points is what this line is right now, John. I just there's a lot of people that have just punched Oregon's ticket 
to mm -hmm. the college football playoff. And I just – the best players, plural, in this game, both play wide receiver for Washington. Mm -hmm. And that is, in my mind, an indisputable fact. There's nobody playing better football than Bo Nix. He should finish second in the Heisman to Jaden Daniels because apparently wins don't matter in in terms of football statistics. I learned that with Stetson Bennett. Um, and so Jaden Daniels is fine to win the Heisman because um, helping your team win is not relevant in terms of measuring success. So Bo Nix is playing great. But Polk and Adunze are – like, those guys are otherworldly. Watching this Washington offense when it's cooking is mm -hmm. absolutely um, – it, it, it's, it's just sit back, pour yourself a nice libation on a Friday night, and have a great time watching college football. Um, uh, there's a lot that's going to happen this weekend. Um, uh John, give me as we as we roll out of here. Yeah. Give give the people. You've already kind of I think alluded to the winners of all the games, but give the give your four after this weekend on Sunday when the rankings come out. Who's it going to be in what order for the final college football playoff rankings? I don't think we've been right one time yet. We haven't been right one time. I don't anticipate I'm going to be right this time, but I will give you my four. Let's let's go. If the committee does what if they if they hold chalk to what they've been doing you already started with if the committee does and and then are going to try to make God, a predictive uh, statement and so you're no, out you've lost I'm already out. Yeah. i'm out i think it's going to be georgia michigan mm -hmm. oregon and florida state not necessarily in that order maybe georgia michigan florida state and oregon is what i think will happen when florida state beats louisville what i think should happen is i think it should be Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, and Texas. I disagree. But. If Florida State wins, I think they 100% should be in the college football playoff. It is yep. ridiculous to me that you would discount an entire season's worth of games um, and punish a bunch of kids who did nothing but go out and win football games mm -hmm. uh, because one person got hurt. Uh, so – that's that is my opinion about Florida State. Now, are they going to get blown out in the college football playoff? Yes, they will. Just like Cincinnati did, just like uh, Notre Dame has, just do like you, do just we remember like the TCU beatings that, did? Do we remember year? the beatings that Oklahoma was taking when yeah. they were in the college football playoff? Do like, we remember the beatings that Washington and Michigan State took when they were in the college do football? Do not <laughs> make the argument. A team's going to get blown out so they don't so they deserve should. to get in. That's the dumbest argument yeah. I've ever heard in my entire life. Preach. So, um, Florida State will be 13-0 and when they beat Louisville. And will they have a bunch of good wins? No, they won't. The committee has propped up LSU as best they possibly can to try to help Florida State. You know, they're ranking Clemson now. And so, like, they're trying their best. They do not have the wins that some other of these schools do. But – Florida State has done plenty to get in. I do think you could see Oregon jump them and pass them. I know if Washington wins, Washington's going to be ahead of Florida State. Mm -hmm. And so um, I am going to predict that Oregon's going to win, and my four is going to be the same as yours, but I am going to go Florida State at four. I think the committee will try to appease the masses mm -hmm. 
by by knocking them down to four instead of having them at three, putting a one-loss Oregon team ahead of them. But then you're going to have one-loss Texas on the outside looking in. Um, and do you? Let me ask you this. All right. Okay. Philosophical question: um, the committee. Do you think that the committee? And again, Kurt Herbstreit was dropping f bombs. Um, if you haven't seen the clip, it's on it's yeah. on Twitter. Dropping f bombs about needing to put the four best teams in and not not building this for ratings. But do you think the committee would rather have Georgia play Florida State mm-hmm. or Georgia play Oregon in the first game? In the first game, I think the committee loved the semifinals last year. Two great games. But I think the committee, more than they loved the semifinals last year, I think the committee hated that national championship (laughs) game. This committee is begging Georgia and Michigan to win these first two games and play once and for all two 14-0 teams Mm -hmm. playing – the undisputed two best teams in America, like that's what this committee is begging for to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't think they necessarily care who matches up against who in the first round because it's only going to get one of your teams through, yep. essentially. Um, I don't – yeah. It, it. First of all, if you don't recognize – I put this out on Twitter. If you don't recognize when a man is out here – very subtly dropping F-bombs, just begging someone to beat Michigan. He just needs someone to get into the playoff that's capable of beating Michigan. He can't say that. (laughs) But if you don't recognize that that's what my man is doing out here, then I just don't – I don't know how to help you because, like, he doesn't care about anything except he doesn't want Michigan to win the national championship. And his job prohibits him from saying that on national television. It's a tough, it's a tough scene for Kirk Herbstreit these days. I think he doesn't even want Michigan to play for it. Yeah. I think that's right. I mean, it's, it right. is a situation where Michigan uh, far and away on top of college football, spying scandal or not. Um, yeah. Michigan play played Ohio state without their head coach on the sideline and beat them for the third time in a row. Yeah, it's a tough and scene when your alma yeah. mater is getting waxed by, you know, Sharon Moore or, you know, on the sidelines at Michigan, um, who Gus who Gus Johnson called an offensive savant in that like in the pregame to that. Did you see that in the lead up? Oh my gosh. Did he uh, did he next thing you know he's savant. gonna be he's gonna be Subaru Sharon. Um <laughs> old dependable. It's fantastic. Um, All right. For John, I am Daniel. Thanks for being with us. If you haven't subscribed already, go ahead and subscribe to the show. Enjoy championship weekend. Pour yourself a glass of something. Be on the lookout for the holiday gift guide coming to your email. If you haven't signed up for the email, it's in the show description. And we will be back next week to talk all about the college football playoff and bowl season. Um, uh, And we'll see you guys then. 